Welcome to Cozy Content Corner. I am your host, Sarah Weiss of On Brand by Sarah. And if you like realistic conversation about social media, video marketing, personal branding, and everything in between, you have landed in the right place, my friend. We do not hold any ish back over here. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cozy Content Corner. Y'all, I am so friggin' excited about our guest today. I have Abby Long from the Type B SLP, and she is not in the digital marketing niche, but she friggin' kills it on social. And so I'm so excited to get a different perspective for me and everybody listening, but a little bit about Abby first. She is first and foremost a speech language pathologist working mainly with three through five-year-olds, and she's also a content creator and resource creator for other like-minded SLPs. She's been selling socially on the gram for the past six years and had been and has made such amazing connections and real-life friendships through the use of social media. She has also learned a lot over the years about flexibility and everything that comes with owning a business. Between the changes that have been made over the years on Instagram, the massive learning curve with TikTok, she readily embraces the changes that we have as business owners and content creators. So Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm so excited to chat with you. I love your account. You're always inspiring me. So I love it. And you're. I just love how real your account is. Every time I'm in there, I'm like, yes, she gets it. (laughs) Yes. And I feel the same about yours. And we're going to dig into this because you guys might already be asking, like, she's a speech therapist who creates speech therapy resources. Like how (laughs) does she show like real life? We're going to dig into all of that. Um, But before we dig into like the content piece, I want to talk about the business owner piece. So you're a speech pathologist, but you don't work for a specific school district or company, correct? Right. So I contract myself out with our county, with our local county, and it's pretty, it almost feels kind of like informal. They'll they'll email us and they'll say, you know, we have these 20 students that need servicing. Um, Let us know if you can help. Like that's literally the email I'll get. Um, and then just based on what I can handle and what I want to to handle, you know, with running my own business, I take those on. And um, it's been really great because it's kind of a mix of, it's like almost private practice, but a little less risky because I don't have to, you know, I'm, I'm not going out there and scouting for my own clients and my own families. I'm kind of being told here they are and take what you, you can see. Um, so that is kind of that SLP role that I play. Um, and they are all, I have, you know, brand new, just turned three-year-olds all the way up to right before kindergarten. So I've got the little ones. (laughs) Yes. And if, if you are listening and you don't know this about me, I'm also a speech pathologist. I know you would probably not, if you're brand new to me, you would not know that. Um, But I worked in out of districts for my whole SLP career. So I have worked with three-year-olds all the way up to 21-year-olds. So I I know the SLP world all too well. 
And something that helped me a ton in my SLP career is using resources from Teachers Pay Teachers and during the pandemic using resources from Boom Cards. So can you tell us a little bit about that portion of your business? Yeah, I would say like if I looked at my business as, you know, one whole circle, I would say, you know, TPT, me selling and creating for TPT and boom, boom decks, boom cards, like that is, you know, that's 90% of my, of my role, you know, right now and in, in what I'm doing, but also my income, like that is where, you know, that's where a lot of that's coming from. That's, that's the reason I'm able to only see kids a couple days a week is because, you know, I can rely on my TPT and my, my boom cards. And for sure, during the pandemic, things got you know, that's, that's truly when I think I realized like, this is a legitimate business. Like this is not me just making friends on Instagram. Like this is me realizing I need to treat this like a business. Um, and then I have, obviously I have that SLP role that I don't think I'll ever give up. I can't imagine not ever seeing any kids. I just absolutely love that. Um, but yeah, like day to day when I'm not seeing kids, I'm at my computer and I'm either creating resources. I'm, um, maybe I'm coming up with ideas or I'm doing content creation. So I'm filming reels or, um, I have, I do have a couple of VAs. So there's days that I'm working with one of my VAs. We're working on content planning. Um, so it kind of depends, but, but right now when I look at everything, you know, TPT and, and boom cards, like that is where I put a lot of my focus, but I, I absolutely love it. I love that that is what I get to do every day. You know, I'm maybe I'm working 24 seven, but, but it is, you know, I absolutely, I love it. Yes. And I, I'm sure all of us business owners feel that on a deep level. It's like, there's that audio that's like, I left my nine to five to work 24 hmm. seven. And it's, it's so right. But it's like, we're, we're the bosses that are telling us to work 24 seven. So I feel that deep in my bones. So when you realized, oh shit, this can be, this can be a real business. This can be like 90% of my income. Were you already marketing on social media? Um, and if you were not, how were you getting people into your world? I would say yes. I think I was just doing it less. I would say I was Yes, I was doing it, but it was much less calculated, you know, where now, because I have, you know, I have virtual assistants that work with me, I think I have to just be a little more planned and organized, which is not my strong suit because, you know, my name type B SLP is truly because I'm, I'm very type B in many parts of, of my life. I think, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm type A in the fact that I, um, I'm very, very careful of how I'm creating products and what I'm putting in them and what, you know, what I'm, I'm research I'm using. But then when it comes to marketing, I think I get a little more type B that I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I know we need to film a reel for this. We could talk about it on TikTok. I've got to make sure I send it out to my email list. And I think back then it was more kind of like in 2020, it was like, I'm popping into my stories and I'm showing you what I'm working on and I'm getting some feedback and then maybe I post about it. You know, I, it wasn't always a consistent thing until I started getting larger and larger sales. And I, and I was getting questions. I, I really used a lot of the kind of like a, if I think of it, like 
the frequently asked questions I was getting. And I'm like, I need to make a video of this. Like I need to have either a video walkthrough or a picture walkthrough and explain. So when I get that email, I can say, Hey, here's a, here's a, um, a carousel or what I mean, 2020, they, I don't know if they called them carousels back. Yeah. Then. Yeah. No, you're Even right. You, you've like, got the verbiage, right? Yeah. You're good. <laughs> I'm like, dude, has that changed since 2020? Like things are always changing, but yes. I remember it was like, I need to be, I just need to be more specific about how I'm marketing to make it easier for myself so that you email me a question about a resource that you just bought. And I can send off a link and say, Hey, check out this blog post or, or go, go look at this post that I put on Instagram. It'll show everything for you. Um, and I would say that was kind of the start of it. And then also planning out, like, not necessarily, I think in general, like I've never focused on my growth, which maybe is a type B also kind of like protecting my own self, <laughs> like, but I've never, I've never been someone that, that is really focusing on numbers every day. To me, it was always like, this is what my customer, I'm seeing this is what my customer is needing from me or what they're wanting from me and using that to kind of put focus in what I'm posting, how often I'm posting, what kind of questions I'm asking my audience, um, what kind of freebies I'm giving them to build my, you know, build my email list. Um, and I think with that, just naturally from there, my Instagram has has grown. And I don't even look at my Instagram and think like, I'm blown away by those numbers. I look more at like, I'm blown away sometimes by the engagement that I get with my number, you know, because I look at people with 500,000 followers, I'm like, how do they manage that? But then I remember like, you know, okay, I've got, you know, 62,000, but my engagement, I get really great engagement and feedback and DMs. And I feel like I have, you know, a really good pulse on my audience. And I think that really started in 2020. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I just pulled up your Instagram because I'm blown away by Abby's community, not because of the 62 and a half thousand followers, because you can buy that. Abby has such an incredibly engaged community and audience and loyal AF people that come back and buy from her. And just this social media strategist in me has some ideas why, but can you explain to our audience some things that you post and share on social media that have nothing to do with speech therapy resources? Yeah, I think, I think in general, like I, when I look at things that are not speech related that I share, like, cause I was thinking about this before our call even, and thinking about like the things like, what is it that my audience, you know, really loves to get sometimes. And it's just like the most basic, simple things that they love to hear from. Like they love to see when I make mistakes, you know, like showing something that's spilled in my car or like mm -hmm. my therapy toy that broke that day. And, or they like to see my dog and what we're, what we're doing with the dog. Um, we have an Airbnb and last summer I was sharing a lot about the Airbnb and people love that. I would, I would ask things like, you know, how does this, how does this decor look? Like, would you guys put this here? Would you put this there? Um, they love that. They love just like, I'll talk about skincare. I'll talk about, you know, even mental health. Like I've, I've really tried to open up, um, about that piece, which was harder. And that, that started, um, after the pandemic, when I 
was having a lot of anxiety. And I know it was very much related to um, everything with 2020 and just the uncertainty. And I, I think the more I showed them, I don't want to say an inside view because I am not someone who posts every second of my life, you know, like, like a true influencer who is like 24 seven, you know, where they are and what room of their house they're in. Like that is not me at all, but I think it does help to remind them, like, I am a real person, you know, I am creating materials for you, but I'm also an SLP. I'm also a dog mom. I'm also a wife. I'm also an Airbnb owner. I also have a huge family. Like I, I have so many siblings and, and nieces. And like, I do think just giving them some of that reminds them like, oh, when I DM her, like, this is a true person. This isn't just an influencer or a business that I'm, and I think that is what builds those connections, you know, um, the struggles, I would say that tends to be something that people resonate the most with when I'm struggling, whether, and it may not even be like mental health wise, it may even just be like, oh my God, I have five IEPs this week and I'm freaking out. Like I'm so stressed about all the paperwork and I also am servicing all my kids and you know, a parent made this comment, you know, like anything like that. I think it just reminds them I'm, I'm a real person, but like, I'm also like, they're not alone. I'm reminding them like, it's okay. And it, it looks like I probably have everything together. If you looked at just my page, you know, you're looking and you're like, well, this girl is, you know, incredible and perfect. But in my stories, I think I've made it clear, like I am not, and I do not feel that way. I would never want someone to be like, she's got it all together. And I think showing a more genuine side of myself has really helped with that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I'm going to toot your horn a little bit and say you are a real influencer. <laughs> and, and the reason that I say that is because again, Abby sells teachers pay teachers products. She could just come on her stories and promote teachers pay teachers products, but she allows her community a peek behind the curtain. And that's what it feels like. It feels like a community, not like you're my followers, you're my followers and I'm trying to sell to you. And that's the only reason why I want you here. It's like, no, no, no. I want you to like be privy to like this bomb skincare that I'm trying. I want you to see how cute my dog Ziggy is being. I want you to know that like, I am anxious as hell today. And if you're feeling the same way too, then I feel you and I see you. Now, how did you get to that spot where you were like comfortable enough to share all of those things? Because I know that that's a huge block for so many business owners. Yeah, I I think like, because I <laughs> truly before we got on here, I've been thinking about my history on Instagram because, you know, TikTok is still so new to me. I'm still figuring TikTok out. And I think it's just a difference of platforms, honestly. Mm -hmm. But with, with Instagram, I was thinking a lot about my history with Instagram. And I don't know that I ever felt uncomfortable um, sharing. Like, I don't think that would be the word. I think it took me a while to figure out what is, you know, what feels authentic and what's going to resonate with my audience versus me just, just posting because what I, I think I was kind of doing that. Like, I think I was 
trying to post all the time. I was like, I have to show them everything. Let me, let me give them everything. And then I think that is what took a toll on my mental health because then people have opinions or they, they ask me questions that I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth to, to, to answer these questions. You know, like I was, I almost feel like I was going on the other end of, of too much. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't need to give that much, but then also like it was the time. Like I, I felt like I was always on my phone, especially when I go back to 2020, when we were all on our phone all the time. And that's when I think I realized like, I need to scale it back, but I also want to make sure I'm being authentic and, and showing up for them, but also in a, in a, in a way that I can still protect, you know, my own peace with that and not feel like I'm constantly, constantly on there. Um, I think for me, I always viewed it as fun, you know, like I never, and I've, I've talked to other people, you know, SLPs that have Instagram accounts that are large and that it can sometimes be hard and I do sometimes think that it might be because I don't take it super seriously. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think I ever have. Like, I think I've always just kind of shown up because I'm, I really enjoy it. Like, I like connecting with other SLPs. When I started my account years ago, before I even knew I was going to do TPT, I started it just to connect with other people. Like, I was, I felt, you know, I was in a really tiny school district. The only other SLP was, I only saw her three days a week and she was much older and I was only there. I think we lined up like two days a week that we would see each other. And I just kind of felt lonely. Like it was during my um, CF, which is the year right after grad school. So you're brand new and you're just kind of like, I feel like you're, you're full of like ready to learn and ready to be excited. But then when you're alone, you're like, okay, now what, you know? And yes. so I think, I, I really think like when I started it in my mind, I was like, this is just going to be a fun thing. Like, we're just going to do this for fun. I want to meet people. I want to feel like I might have someone that I could send a DM about a bad day that I was having and have someone there for me. So I think that mindset has always helped just feeling like this is fun. And the times when it feels like work, the times when I am, I feel it taking a, a toll on my mental health. I'm getting more anxious. I'm not wanting to open my phone. I just log off. I mean, and I think, I think sometimes that's hard for some people to do. They feel like, no, I have to show up. Like I have to be here. And I think that mindset of this is fun. Like this can be something that we enjoy. And when it stops becoming that, it's okay to step back. It's okay to pause. And honestly, like there's a lot of times I share that with my audience that I'm like, listen, I need a couple of days off. I'll be back on Monday. And every time I've done that, I get the most supportive DMs about that. So I think that answers your question. I, I mean, I've never had a hard time putting my face out there and, and coming in and doing that, but it has really helped for me to view it as just, this is something fun. This is something enjoyable. Yes. You answered my question and beyond because <laughs> that is so interesting that you started your Instagram account as a place for community. And all of these years later, at almost 63,000 community members, it still feels like a community. It doesn't feel like 
well, you're my followers and I'm going to sell to you and hopefully you buy. Like it still feels like a community. So I think that's such a good takeaway for anyone listening that if you're not treating it like a community, there's no one saying you can't start treating it like that because that is exactly what I do. Like that is exactly what I do. Like I look at every single person following me as just like another peep in the community. So such a good like shift to make if you don't quite know how to view it. Now, question for you. Instagram has changed and ebbed and flowed and there's been so many new features. What are you seeing right now working the best and it could be a few things what are you seeing right now working the best on instagram in terms of like um getting that engagement like getting people to have some kind of back and forth with you and ultimately getting sales so i think i i think i view it in two kind of separate columns because i think there are things that are working on instagram to you know that I want to say like that get shared well and, and do really well with saves, you know? So there's that column of like, oh, wow, this post is, you know, obviously it's very shareable. So there's that column, but then there is that column where it's, it answers more of the question of, you know, is this leading to sales? So I think if I'm, if I, you know, maybe I'm not, I I try to post at least once a week, something that I'm selling. That's usually like my goal when I sit I'm not that I sit and plan out, but I should say when my VA and I sit and she's like, okay, what are we posting this week? You know, you tell me so she can help with links and all that. And typically I'm trying to do one post that sells. Um, and I should probably do more than that. And it's just something that I'm working on because it's, it is, I'd say if I have a block with Instagram, that's it right there is that sometimes it's like my community is so tight that I sometimes won't post things that I'm selling. And so that, that is, I would say one tiny like downfall of having that super close community. Sometimes it's hard for me to sell, but anyways, my two columns, I have the one column that I feel like is super shareable. I'm noticing actually just like really nice pictures, bright, colorful pictures of something that I'm doing like that day. So very authentic, but like also edited, which sometimes surprised me, but like edited in the fact that I'm making it brighter and prettier. So I sh- like last week I had a post go, go crazy. And it was just like, it was a, it was two pictures that I snapped during a session, not of the child, just of what we were doing. So down view of an ugly, like classroom table, you know, like nothing pretty. Yeah. And I made a super quick post and I was like, just a reminder you know, that it was a, basically it was like a little tip for my audience. So not a fancy reel. I spent literally two minutes pulling it up into my editing app, editing the picture and posting, posting the little carousel, like no text, like just images. And in the, in my, in my um, caption, it was super quick, small and quick. And that got so many shares and saves. And I was even seeing it like on my friend's Instagram, you know, as I'm doing stories and going through, I'm seeing it like they're sharing it. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so uh, that would be one for sure that it's just kind of in that moment, something on my mind, I wanted to share it. I made it a little prettier. Um, It happened like a month ago with another post that I did. 
So I was like, okay, so trying to kind of, you know, hinder that right now and, 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 uh, or not hinder that right now and, and post those. And then the and that other was a carousel, it was a carousel, but I don't want you to think of a carousel with text. It's not like the fancy right. carousel, but it was, yeah, a two, two picture carousel. Yeah. Basically, like not, not fancy. I did not edit or spend a lot of time on that. Then the other thing, so that's, that's my little column of like getting lots of shares and lots of saves. That's what I'm seeing right now on mine. And then the other column that I'm noticing is doing well is when I do a product reel and at the end of the reel, um, in, on the reel itself, at the end, I'll do a quick, like comment for the link, you know, just very basic. And those tend to do a lot better than I expect, you know, because I always assume when I post a product reel, it's going to have lower views, no matter what, you know, because they are selling something. So they just don't go as crazy. But despite that, even if the views aren't, you know, over, because typically I'd say I have 30,000 and up with views. So let's say, you know, when my, my, my selling reels do a little less than that, I still will get a flood of comments asking for the link. So I do see that doing really well lately and having that and those are I will say those are more planned and and taking a lot more time when I'm when I'm filming those you know those aren't just like a quick in the moment those are planned out I'm doing them ahead of time I'm usually batching them um but I started adding that little just that little comment at the end comment for the link and yeah those tend to do really well so yeah I would say that's what I'm seeing I would say the thing I'm seeing that's not doing as well as I thought was when I do my very thought out carousels with text. I'm yeah. noticing, yeah, I'm noticing that they're not doing as well and they take me so, so long. So I pulled back from those a little bit. Um, and those two columns right now are kind of what I've been putting my focus into. Yeah. Now, I want to preface this for everyone listening that the reason that Abby is able to get that engagement and people commenting for the link and people sharing, would you say that it is how you show up in your stories that builds that trust, that builds that kind of I, I know her, I, I feel like we're besties kind of thing. Talk about like what you think is building your community. Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think it's, so I, I tend to view my audience as two separate audiences. I have my story audience and then I have my feed audience. So a lot of times, and I think this goes for anyone, anyone doing Instagram, that's, that's no matter whether you're small or big view your audiences as two separate audiences. So if you talk about it on stories, don't neglect your your page and posting it in your page because I do think it's it's just very different people. So I think showing up in stories, absolutely, because they're, you know, that's where I'm I'm getting their trust built up. They're getting to know me. But then I think for my for my I guess I'll call them like my my page audience over there. That's that really is probably just seeing me when they scroll through their um, Instagram. I think what I have noticed and what I try to focus on is, I mean, we always we always talk about this. If anyone doing marketing is the serving and selling piece, and I think when I'm when I'm creating reels, 
in my mind, I'm always thinking, how can I serve them with this reel? Whether it's giving them a tip, right? In the reel, or it's like, it's fun. Cause sometimes even just being fun and showing something enjoyable to my audience, like that's serving to me, you know? And not just like having to come up with, here's five tips for, you know, it doesn't have to be this big, insane, like thought out thing. It could be just something fun. And that to me is still serving um, before I sell. So like with my reels, I notice my reels that do really well are usually reels that I, I did one um, recently where I, I think of you always when I, <laughs> I truly do what I think Love of it. you when I do my reels, I'm like, okay, what can catch them? In that first, like literally those first two seconds, how can I catch them? And I posted a reel um, probably a month ago. And I said something like, um, let me show you something about, let me show you how to get free books for speech therapy. And it was going to the library, like the most simple thing, but that reel got so many views, but I was selling in that reel because I was showing at the library. I, I kind of like try to throw them off. Like, Here's how we can, we can, oh, I know. Here's how we can spend $0 on our books for speech therapy and kind of like led them a little bit. So they had to wait to see that I was at the library. But then at the end, what I was doing, I was selling a resource that it basically connects um, worksheets that you can use in speech therapy. And it connects it with all the different, I did a list of like four pages of books that go along with the worksheets. And so I was, I really was selling, but it came across as a very serving type of post that I was showing them like, Hey, just a reminder, like your library has free books for you to use all school year long. But by the way, grab my list to make it even easier on yourself. So I notice reels like that really do well when I think of what am I going to post? How do I want to get this post? And how do I want to make sure my audience doesn't feel like I'm just selling, 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 you know? So I think yeah. story and very, very thought about reels. I would say those are the two areas um, that I think I've, I've helped build that community. Yeah. And I love that you said that sometimes just showing up and being funny is serving because it a hundred percent is you do such a good job of that. Um, but it so is like, sometimes your audience just needs that like relatable humor and they're like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Like, I love this. This was freaking hilarious. Like sometimes your people need to see that and it doesn't need to be this thought out, like tips and tricks, content piece. Like it can just be like a 10 second funny piece of content. So yes, that is also serving. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> so now there is another leg of Abby's business, which is Airbnb. Yes. So can you get into kind of how you guys got into that and how you market your Airbnb? Yeah. The knowledge of social media when we came into Airbnb was definitely very helpful <laughs> because mm -hmm. I already yeah, knew sure. things about SEO. And, you know, I had some of those, those building blocks already with a really good foundation um, and just a, a good understanding. So basically my husband and I have always wanted to, to do this. We've always wanted to have an Airbnb, a rental property. Um, this one kind of fell into our lap. We found out the day before our wedding reception that we had got, 
<laughs> yes, it was wild. It was, we were not expecting it. We had like a whole contingency in place and we were like, no way. Cause this was two years ago when the market was still really wild and people like a nor this, this house normally probably get five bids. And I think at that time it had gotten like 25, like it was So we were like, no way, we're not going to get this. And so we had all gone out to dinner with family and our realtor calls us and he's like, well, you've got up, you've got a rental property. So it was cool. It was, it was, it's been a fun adventure, but, um, we knew it was something we always wanted to do. And we, he, I mean, my husband's very much the numbers guy. He's a, um, financial, financial advisor. So he's very, like crunching numbers. What can we spend? What can we, you know, where are we putting, do we need marketing? You know, like kind of where do we, and honestly, like I, I kind of said to him, like, let me see how I can do, you know, like, let me see if I've got <laughs> enough, you know, knowledge from, from what I've learned through my own account with the type SLP. And it's done really well. Last season we were booked. I think our capacity, I think it was like 90% of the, I think 96% of our season was booked. I'm pretty sure that was what Chris had given me. And we were expecting like 75 to 80. Um, so really it was, it was about using like really good copywriting strategy in the listing. Like that was, that was a huge part of it. And I felt like I had a good background with that. When you think of like writing all of my, so on, on, on Google and, and my website and on TPT, like you have to have really good copyright and really great SEO and really good keywords to boost all of that. And I kind of just kept all of that in mind for writing our descriptions and what photos, I think like the knowledge I had with Instagram, with what type of pictures do well, I think that helped. Um, I think our photos have really been the reason we have booked so much. Um, And then as far as Instagram, like kind of the same tactic I have with the type BSLP is just using reels and really beautiful photos and using some really good specific hashtags, which sometimes I'm like, that sounds so like, oh, of course. But, but I think sometimes it's going back to those basic things of, yeah, reels that, you know, Instagram loves reels. Like we all know that they have an obsession with reels because they're obsessed with TikTok. <laughs> like just knowing that and then knowing like that there is weight in really nice photos that's truly that was my that was kind of my plan of attack and I was like let's see how it does but we got super host after our first uh I think it took three it takes three months I believe we got super host right away we had such great reviews we had um people coming over to our Instagram I use strategies like in our, in our, um, house manual to get them over to our Instagram. You know, I'm using like QR codes. I set up like a little email list because again, I think I really viewed it as connections. Like, I think that's when I went into it, I was like, I want our guests to feel like they're not just in another rental place. I want them to feel like they're connected to the people who own this space and they want them to enjoy it and love it and come connect with them. Um, and that's been really fun. Like I had one of my reels, we have a, we have a small account. One of our reels went pretty viral. And I was, I was so excited about that. Cause I was like, I'm just using, you know, strategies that I've yeah. learned over time. So, so yeah, it's been a fun, different type of social media venture for sure. Yeah. And I love how you said you also have an email list for mm-hmm. the Airbnb because 
as much as we are both social girlies, you cannot neglect an email list. Yeah. Not neglect an email list because that is yours. So anyone that doesn't have an email list that is listening, make an email list. Get an email list immediately. Yes. No one owns your fault. No, you do not own your followers. None of your followers get an email list. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, Abby, thank you so incredibly much for being on. I absolutely loved all of these like juicy insights. Um, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you on the social media streets? I'd say definitely Instagram. That's Instagram has my heart. I know Sarah and I have talked a lot about TikTok and me switching over to TikTok and I just haven't gotten there yet. I just love Instagram. So I'm at the type B SLP over on Instagram. So definitely come say hi, especially if you listen, I would love to know, you know, who's out there listening. That would be awesome. Yes. And I know that I have some SLPs, my audience, because of my SLP heart. There's always some SLPs in my audience. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And to everybody listening, I will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cozy Content Corner. If you liked it, please be sure to give the show a follow and leave us a rate and review. If anything resonated with you from this episode, please come over to TikTok or Instagram and tell me about it. Until next time, my friend.